Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Uh Basketball. I'm Sean Woodley. And I'm Katie Heindahl. And today's show is brought to you by Rashid Wallace, who on this day in 2002, 18 years ago, played a game against the Houston Rockets in which he only scored nine points, got nine boards, three assists, and a three-point loss to Houston in which he shot two of 14 from the field. Weird, weird outcome for a typically very efficient and good player in Rashid Wallace. Katie... What was going on with Rashid on this day in 02? Maybe he was just, um, you know, letting himself process the season change, fall into mm-hmm. late fall and pending winter, you know. It's getting cooler. The days are getting shorter. Maybe daylight savings messed him up. It's messing me up. So could be a lot of reasons. People really underestimate the way that the seasonal change will physically affect you in mind and body. Yeah, the uh, the time change has really messed with me. I think daylight savings is bullshit. I think it being dark at five o'clock is terrible, and it's made me sad. Despite the very warm weather recently, Katie, I've been feeling a little bit blue about, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the insane rising COVID cases. Maybe it's the, uh, you know, the coup going on down south. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons to be feeling a little bummed. How are you holding up? I don't feel bummed. I just am extremely tired these days. Um, mm-hmm. I am like having a really hard time when it gets dark. I'm like, well, I guess it's, you know, 10 o'clock and I could go to sleep, but it's like 8, 15, um, or in some cases six. So I'm just struggling with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would go to sleep yeah. at six, but then I'm like, this is also what I feel like they say is a sign of depression, but I mean, I feel fine. I just mostly feel tired. Um, yeah, but otherwise I'm, I'm good. I'm busy. I'm good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird one. We have a very, very busy show today, Katie, so we should probably get into it, uh, pretty quickly here because cut the preamble. 
Yeah, because, like, my God, the fact that the season is just, like, upon us now, out of nowhere, when last week we were just talking about them uh, verifying all the dates and whatnot, and now it's like, oh, yeah, the tr- the draft is in six days, and trades can happen in four days, and free agency's in eight days, and the season's in 12 days. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite stressful. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of scuttlebutt. There's a lot of leaks, and you love leaks. Leaks are the best. Um, and so we're going to dive into all of those in today's show. We're going to talk about Russell Westbrook who apparently wants out of Houston because he doesn't like the style of play. Uh, We're going to talk about Victor Oladipo, apparently uh, scouting new locations for himself to play during the season in front of his Pacers teammates. Uh, We'll talk about Chris Paul, maybe going to the Suns. Fred Van Vliet was talking on a podcast about wanting to get paid, and people thought that was news for some reason. It's been a very hot and heavy week, probably a week that... You know, I think a lot of people took last week off of online just because of how heavy everything was and how stressful and doom scrolly it was during the election when things were still up in the air. And it's not to say things don't suck still now and that doom scrolling is still a scourge, but it has become more of a like I need to log off just so I can like get my head around all of the NBA stuff without getting like clouded by reactionary takes and stuff like that. Does that make sense? I've found it very overwhelming just to be you know, ingesting a thing that is objectively a thing I enjoy, which is NBA trade rumors and stuff. But it's just it's been so fast and so uh, frequent and so uh, take inducing that I have found found myself just needing to, uh, you know, play Breath of the Wild for four hours instead of being online. Does that make sense? I got to say, though, you've been doing that for weeks. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Specifically that game. Um yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, this is always a weird time because it's just like an in-between period that like people, I think, you know, writers and people who need to come up with stories because they got to fill quotas are, have really been scrounging. It's like a lean, it was like a lean two weeks, but it's strange because um, me, I feel like we could have done with a bigger break. And now I feel like this momentum and this velocity like speeding up uh I'm a little like, oh, like I'm still, I still feel like I have one foot in the season that just finished, you know, and like haven't necessarily had any downtime and now it's going to start again and it feels like it's going to be especially crazy. I think for me, I'm staring down the eventual sort of lockdown 2.0 that seems like it should probably already have happened and Mm -hmm. the dark winter ahead and I'm actually like very excited for actual basketball to take place other than how terrifying it all is and how um, faulty their original plans seem to be which we'll talk about in our second segment today Um, like other than that that like kind of hang over it I'm very excited to just watch basketball games during the week on like weeknights just to kill the time because uh, it's gonna suck it's about to suck a lot (laughs) and I find myself excited for that and I honestly think the anticipation of watching the actual basketball games is kind of giving me less time for this like rumor mongering period because it's just it's a lot of preamble to the thing I actually want and mm-hmm. that that's kind of how I'm taking it all in I also people need to stop and I know this is just like a me thing for being too online but the reactions when like a, an account called like bucket city report or something like that says like aggregates a one-line thing from a podcast and it's like this team is interested in this player and then everybody loses their fucking minds everyone needs i think to exercise a little bit of self-care with that stuff just like not every take or every report requires a reaction of any sort of amplitude you know what i mean it's very i mean theoretically every team is interested in every player at any time if you really Mm want to like 
galaxy brain yourself. <laughs> Honestly, that's what it is. But it doesn't mean that all those things will come to fruition. I think uh, this is particularly colored by uh, another person we're going to talk about today, Fred Van Vliet, um, because Raptors fans are uh, losing their fucking minds <laughs> over Fred Van Vliet and his free agency. And we'll get into that on today's show. Um, we again, like I said, we'll also go through the other headlines. We'll talk about the NBA and their return protocols that are starting to leak out now that the season is set in stone to return on December the 22nd. And at the end of the show, because this is our last episode before the NBA draft, we are going to do a little NBA draft ourselves. but we'll be drafting something that is not 18 year olds who played at Dayton. Instead, we're going to be drafting a thing near and dear to your heart and mine. Probably more so my heart because I'm a freak, um, but it's our it's our plush kings themselves, plush kings and queens. It is mascots. We're gonna draft mascots and build the ideal starting five, each of us, of NBA mascots. That'll be in the segment we're trying out this week, and uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun. So, without further ado, let's get to it. One last reminder though to go to Patreon.com/slash a basketball with two H's to sign on up for our Patreon page. We are getting closer to thirty patrons. We're gonna do those mailbag episodes. We're at twenty five right now. Big thank you to my father who subscribed over the course of the last couple hours. Uh, he did not know what Patreon was. He did not know how to do it, but he's like, I want to support you guys. I want you guys to do mailbag episodes, which is so sweet. So thank you to my father for subscribing. I believe he said he's going to sign up on behalf of my mom and sister when he gets home as well. And he's at a different IP address. So good job. Juice in the stats, dad. You're the best. <laughs> but uh, you can join my father and be cool and subscribe to the Patreon page as well. Patreon.com slash a basketball with two H's once again. And we'll get those mailbag episodes to you as soon as possible. With that, Katie, let's get to it. On the other side, we will talk about Russ, Oladipo, Fred Van Vliet, Chris Paul, and so much more from the uh, quickly accelerating NBA rumor mill that's coming up. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award winning Hyundai models, like the tech filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 
All right, Katie, it's time to dive into the headlines, of which there are many to get to this week. I don't even know where we should start, frankly. We've got Fred Van Vliet's free agency. We've got Russ Oladipo, Chris Paul trade rumors. Uh, we've got Tim Duncan stepping away from the San Antonio Spurs, which kind of just happened out of nowhere. Um, where do you want to begin here, Katie? Because there's just so, so much to dive into. Let's start with Tim. Yeah, okay. Tim Duncan steps aside after one year as the assistant coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I know you have strong feelings about Tim Duncan. You have strong feelings about the Spurs and their coaching staff. Uh, what was your reaction to this, Katie? I mean, only two people on the coaching staff, really. Um, and now one doesn't work for them anymore. But like, I, I never got the sense that Tim Duncan was really like all in on coaching to begin with. I don't think he really liked it. Um, the the times like, well, granted, this was just once this season, but like when I watched him and Becky Hammond warming up players, like he seemed to have the most fun once they were done that. And then he like he and Becky Hammond were just kind of goofing around, which I was like, this is just like Tim Duncan being warmed up by Becky Hammond when he was still a player. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think like I remember someone, I don't know who it was, someone made a joke when he did like sign to a coaching deal that he just kind of wanted to hang out like at the facilities again, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and like have some like team lunches, team dinners and then just like something to do. Uh, and I feel like he maybe just wasn't for him. Also, if you want to look at it from a more suspicious way, but like it's up totally up to you. Um I do wonder what's going on in that organization. Um, I wondered that for a little while now. It does seem like things are, I don't know, you just hear more. Like starting, I guess, with like the Kawhi stuff, if you want to go that far back yeah. Um, up to now. I just feel like there's stuff brewing behind the scenes that we don't really see. Yeah, there's a lot of weird energy coming out of the Spurs right now. Um you know, the Duncan thing, I don't think that's necessarily totally surprising. I think you're right. Like, he never struck me when he was playing or after he was retired as though he was going to be a coach. He doesn't seem to have that very intense demeanor that you typically mm-hmm. need to be a coach. Not so much in, like, screaming at players, but just in, like, you need to be working a lot to be a good coach and constantly kind of in the film room. And that does not strike me as a Tim Duncan style uh, or speed, whereas, you know, a lot of other guys you can kind of see okay that guy's going to be a coach one day never thought that with Tim um but yeah the Spurs are bizarre I don't know like they've lost a bunch of big assistants recently they always lose assistants to head coaching jobs and stuff but like Ime Udoka left there um he's now I think with the Nets uh, and that crazy ass coaching staff you had obviously the Kawhi stuff and the secrecy and you know they blamed it on Uncle Dennis while never really kind of taking any responsibility for their end of that whole situation they end up getting a trade that's probably not the best trade to kind of continue on your tradition as a great franchise all that shit and now there's rumors that they might try to trade for the second overall pick with lamarcus aldridge like i guess that works good good job if you can get the warriors to take lamarcus aldridge off if you can get the second overall pick but that's not very Spursy. They know they don't they don't do flashy big stuff like that. And it really seems like a lot of the reports have been that quote unquote the Spurs are up to something. And I wonder, like, are we seeing the cracks of their typically kind of tight ship and sort of head down, just continuing to push forward with their own sort of philosophies? And are they kind of panicking a little bit because they haven't been relevant for a couple of years and are looking for a way to become so? And will they screw themselves over in the process? I don't know. 
I don't know if they're panicking. I wouldn't like put that past them. Um, but I do think that they probably realize they got to change something. You can't just continue on in the same trajectory when there's basically nothing to continue on toward, um, is what it feels like. You know, I don't know what the plan is. They obviously probably do know. Um, maybe they're making moves. I, I don't, I'm not sure, but all that aside, I really think Tim just hung it up because he was like, I want to go back to the jungle and do Muay Thai. <laughs> I don't really care for this, you know? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't allow me to wear enormous button-down shirts on the sidelines, so I'm going to go back to my natural habitat where I can do that every mm-hmm. single day. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a car guy. He just wants to fix yeah. his car, and like that's what he wants to do. <laughs> We talked about uh, the potential of a trade from the Spurs. Uh, we should probably get into all the trade scuttlebutt going on right now in the NBA. Um, Chris Paul apparently is uh, an apple of the sun's eye. Russell Westbrook apparently wants out of Houston. He doesn't like the style of play. He doesn't think there's accountability with the team. Seems to have soured on playing with James Harden after just one year, which uh, maybe, maybe there's a common denominator here in Houston. I'm not sure. Uh, Victor Oladipo apparently uh, is like wanting out badly and has wanted out for a while from Indiana. It all is very confusing to me. I don't know why nobody is happy. I don't know why everyone is so angry with where they are. Um, do you have any theories as to this, Katie? Like why all of these guys just like are uh, screaming to get out? All guys, by the way, tied back to the 2017 offseason, which uh, now thinking about it might be the most cursed offseason in the NBA in recent times and has kind of set the entire league on its trajectory towards chaos over the last couple of years, I would argue. Uh, I think the rest stuff just makes sense. Like I at first I wasn't quite sure. You know, I saw people saying it's because of Harden, but it like when I dug a little deeper, you know, he said he, he's been uneasy about the team's accountability um, and the culture, and he wants to join a team where he can have a role like he did with OKC, which is right. a role that like he did thrive in. It's just like the team wasn't really excelling for other reasons as well. Um, and it, you know, like he, if he, and then there was the option that if he does stay, so it's not that he's like, I need out. Like (laughs) I need out or I'm not playing, but he said he would like to see more accountability. And I was kind of like, I don't really know what this means. But then, you know, a few things I saw said, like he's had a few tense conversations uh, with Harden when he's needed to. And that's helped. So just like, I think, you know, Russ isn't the kind of person it strikes me that's like afraid to, to like get into it with someone like Harden. But also I could also understand uh, on a team like that where Harden's been enabled for ever he like a player shouldn't be the one to do that you know like it should be the coaching staff and like it should be made clear that like yeah you're our main guy but like there's you got to play on a team with a lot of other guys (laughs) around (laughs) you so you know I could see Russ just being like he's at a point in his career where I think he made that move and it seemed very you know experimental there was like a lot of there were like pretty high stakes around it, but he also, I think like he was pretty committed to it and it still sounds like he is, but he would want to see some changes there. And, you know, coaching is still something they got to, like, they've got a lot of things to figure out the Rockets in general um, before the season starts. I don't know how <laughs> <laughs> they don't have much time. Um, I just realized how short that is, but yeah, I don't know. Like Russ's whole thing is like, I also don't know who 
where he could go. His his contract is huge and very debilitating for a lot of teams, even if they would want to take a chance on him, which, as you know, I'm a Westbrook fan, so I feel like there's still a lot of reasons why most teams should. Um, and if, like, put in the right position, I think, like, he could do what he said he wants to do, which is what he did before in OKC when he had the, the right people around him, you know, to, to, like, excel as that kind of playmaker and leader. But... I don't know where this puts him, but what I said, and I still, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about um, the Nets, like galaxy brain, but I do think Russ has like the original NBA galaxy brain. <laughs> Wait, why do you say that? I don't know. Cause I think when he thinks of like where he could fit it is it's with like any team. Right. This is, I I, so I, I'm not a Russ guy necessarily i i think he's fun to watch when he's doing his thing well i think for the most part his style of play is a bit of a ceiling imposer on a team a little bit um and he you know he kind of comes off as a bit prickly and whatnot not too super self-aware at times but i have gotten to the point now where i kind of just feel really bad for him and i want him to find a place where he can Kind of just be Russ, whether it's successful or not, I don't really care. But like watching him kind of be this neutered version of himself on a Rockets team that had to bend over backwards just to fit him in because the infrastructure never made sense to have a player like that on the team. Like that to me is not a Russ problem. That's the Rockets fault for like forcing themselves into a trade they never should have made. And, you know, even if Russ caps out as the best player on a team that wins 45 games, like I bet he'd be a lot happier getting to do his thing as opposed to like ring chasing on a, on a star loaded team where he can't be his genuine self. And so I I'm rooting for him to get traded somewhere and to kind of just find that like on court happiness again, because it is very fun to watch. You can argue about how like meaningful it is and whether he should have won the MVP and stuff like that. Uh, my favorite subplot, by the way, is Rockets fans after this news came out last night, turning around and being like, yeah, well, guess what? That uh, MVP that he won was also bullshit, too. And like and totally turning on him right away because Rockets fans have good, smart uh, and stable brains. Um, but yeah, I, I just got to the point where I want Russell Westbrook to find a place where he can be himself, but also realizing that a lot of the destinations in which he can do that are kind of depressing. <laughs> and so like, I'm not thrilled about a Russell Westbrook on the Hornet situation or the Pistons or some other like decrepit franchise, because mm -hmm. you know, it, it seems like a no win situation for us and it's not his fault at all because it was a trade that was originally forced by James Harden and Tillman Fertitta, <laughs> like the smart people in the room Chris Paul, Daryl Morey were like, I, I, I know Chris Paul had obviously soured on Harden for other reasons, but I feel like you could have convinced him to stick around and, and, and you know, kind of ride that out in the name of winning a title, which they were very close to doing a couple times. But now it's just sort of the situation that they've imposed on themselves and it's not good for anybody. And I think it's worse for the, the, the worst for Russ overall. And I feel bad for him as a result. First of all, I resent the term neutered because I feel like it's very gendered uh, when you're like talking about players in this circumstance, even if Fair you didn't enough. mean it in Pro that way. Yes. Poorly, um, and also, I think like it's easy to turn on Russ. Like if that's what Rockets fan des fans decided to do initially, I do feel like turning on Russ is what people who don't really think beyond just like the optics of something do. You know, like that's happened to him a lot in his career. 
Um, I don't really get it. Like, I don't actually understand why, because I don't look at him and like, he doesn't get under my skin at all. So I don't understand, you know, how he's able to like ruffle so many people. It might just be like a unique skill set of his, but I also think that always is like, speaks to something more problematic to me um, in general, you know, if it's like, seems to be like such a common thread for many people, um, regardless of the teams that he's played on and the different roles that he's had on those teams and how his like persona has changed over the years. You know, he hasn't like stayed static uh, and isn't the same kind of player he was like even when, you know, when Durant left OKC and I think like he did get a lot of flack in those days. Anyway, also, we just generally don't know what Rockets fans problems are. So like in general, what is their problem? (laughs) Nobody understands. So that's fine. I just like, I agree with you. I'd like to see him go somewhere where he can like just be himself completely. But I do wonder where that is. Actually, the teams I have in mind, I just don't like it wouldn't work like trade or math wise or whatever. Yeah. It kind of is a little bit like a Jimmy Butler situation, right? Where Mm -hmm. like for the longest time, I didn't think Jimmy was ever going to find what he was looking for uh, in terms of like teammates who are as psychotic as he is. (laughs) Obviously, he found it. And a franchise that very much like embraces the the crazier side of Jimmy Butler, um, I, I just it seems a little bit more difficult even than it was to find the exact one team to fit Jimmy Butler in where everything would kind of fall into place. It seems even more difficult to find that team for Russ right now, and that's mm-hmm. a bummer because like Russ playing at his like most joyful level where he's you know dunking on people's heads and. You know, yes, he's taking 700 shots a game, but it's damn fun to watch if you're a neutral. <laughs> like, I think that is something to be desired again. And I just, if it, if it, like, will you, even if he does get that opportunity to kind of be himself again, will it feel as cool or fun as it was with the Thunder if it's on the Hornets and they win 34 games because they have no other talent? Like, that, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about this. And it, it, it bums me out a little bit. Maybe the Grizzlies. Why? They have Jaw. They have yeah, young, but then cool they Russ. could have like they could have Russ if he could if he is able to take a slighter, not even a backseat, more of like a sh- more of like a shadow driver. Um, is just like a vet who like plays in the same explosive way that a lot of their young guys do. I think he could actually be kind of like stabilizing presence, and I think. He still has that same kind of energy that they do. So it's not that they, it's, I'm also not, I don't, sometimes I think more is more just because they have a player like Ja who is explosive. (laughs) Like, okay, get another one. Just lean into dudes who want to take the rim down every time they jump. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just a lineup of Russes and Jaws. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, there are worse ideas. Um, I would argue I that the, the Rockets history franchise is a worse idea than that because it clearly oh. hasn't worked out for years yeah, and years I, and like, years. Get him out of Houston. Uh, again, the only trade that should happen this offseason is Russ back to OKC, Chris Paul to the Clippers, Paul George to the Rockets. Everyone will be happy. Everyone will win lots of games and be very uh, you know, pleased, I think, and sort of reset a lot of the wrongs of the last few years in NBA player movement. Um, speaking of player movement, Katie, Victor Oladipo, in the news today, uh, reportedly, uh, I believe by Jay Michael from the Indy Star, 
Here's a quote from the piece he wrote today. Uh, quote, it happened versus the Toronto Raptors. It happened versus the Miami Heat. It happened versus the New York Knicks. Quote, can I come play with y'all or some iteration of that puzzling statement? That's what Victor Oladipo said in front of Indiana Pacers teammates, increasing the agitation with the star guard in the locker room. Three league sources with direct knowledge of the situation told the Indy star. Aaron Turner, Oladipo's agent, did not respond to requests for comment. So it sounds as though... Victor Oladipo wants out of Indiana, Katie. <laughs> We've kind of known this, but that's pretty damning. What? Yeah, we like, knew this already. What is like? What is going you on? You knew this even before the bubble. Like you knew this on his like, rec- like when he was still recovering. I don't think it's a surprise. So this to me, it's like if someone from if multiple people from inside that franchise leaked this to like a beat reporter. I just feel like that's a little bit. It's pretty catty, um, you know, but I guess you're also there getting like their quote, little bit of revenge because now it might sour potentially other teams on him who are like this guy, you know, like a team player. But to that, I would also say there have also there have been players who have that um, have that kind of like chip on, like on their shoulder or whatever and have gone on it to be perfectly fine and like wonderful team players noted most noted Kyle Lowry, honestly. So I think. That doesn't always like sometimes it's just fit and like you don't want to be a team player for a place that you fucking hate. (laughs) (laughs) I just like what did Indiana do to like sour that? Because I don't know. I mean, pretty good a couple years ago. Like he's had a really long recovery. Like Mm -hmm. there could have been something in that. Like we've seen how quickly things can sour and rightly so when players when players think or have the, a sense that like a team's medical staff is like not doing everything they should for them or per- perhaps right. like endangering or like doing something that's going to mess up their recoveries, even if it's just perception, I do think teams have a responsibility to like do as much as they can to reassure players in like situations like that. So maybe it was something like that. Um, maybe it was something of like when he was out, they kind of looked at, also necessarily what they needed to do in the interim, you know, to like stay afloat and like stay competitive. But they lost a lot of the momentum of that extremely fun, like high energy Pacers team that they were when like Oladipo first started there. And like, I think what he kind of got them to. So he could be a little bit resentful of that too. Like they, maybe they like fizzled out in a way that he didn't anticipate. And he's coming back to a team that looks a lot different. It doesn't mean that either one is like right or wrong, but I think clearly things have gone on for too long. <laughs> I, I wonder if this would like drive down his value if some team would like who was previously interested in Victor Oladipo, if this would like change their mind on him. I hope it wouldn't because, yeah, there's probably a lot of context to why he was saying things like mm-hmm. that that's just not going to get revealed, especially if it's the Pacers that are leaking it, which we don't know. There's three sources. Someone, I'm sure someone's from within the Pacers, whether it's a teammate or whatever it might be. Um, but, like, it would, seem, it would seem counterproductive if you're the Pacers leaking that stuff, too. Like, hey, this guy, oh, real bad guy, please trade for him now. Um, but someone will. Like someone mm-hmm. absolutely will. Like, and if you were dead set on it before, you're probably now like, oh, hell yeah. Like other teams maybe are going to step away from this guy and we've got a clearer path. Yeah. It's, uh, I would imagine he's going to get dealt before like the draft or next week. I, I would assume it seems like Chris Paul is going to, um, Chris Paul and the Suns, Katie, uh, do you like it? I think it's cool. 
Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, I was talking to Will Lou about this yesterday on his podcast. And in a way, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, like that Suns team is kind of like what the OKC team is. It's just it's much more established and like ready to be extremely competitive. And like we saw how competitive they could be in the bubble. Um, You've got like you got Devin Booker, like really stepping into like his starring role and like. Who's their big guy? DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> yeah, DeAndre Ayton. And like Chris Paul works so well in like that kind of, you know, like that's what Lob City was, you know, where he could just like, he could depend on on a big guy to just like toss it out to and could go up for a dunk. And it's just like how he's really, how he's like really thrives, I think, and like generates a lot of offensive energy for his teams. And I think he want, maybe wanted that to happen in OKC. I just don't think they were quite ready uh, for him. Mm-hmm. So I like him on the Suns. Yeah, I look. I think the Thunder should keep him because uh, if you have the opportunity to stay good and also uh, have the draft picks of half the league for the next seven years, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't <laughs> tow both lines. But <laughs> they apparently want more draft picks that they aren't going to be able to use because there aren't that many physical roster spots on a team. Um, and, and I guess they want to cash out now. But yeah, I, I, if he has to go somewhere, if the Thunder are going to be cowards and trade him, I do hope it's the Suns because the Suns are, uh, are are ascendant. And Chris Paul next to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, like kind of screaming at them into shape. Like, that that seems good to me. That seems good for everybody involved. And well, you know, even after Chris Paul is gone, I feel like a Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton will benefit from that as well. And I also think like, I don't know if that team has a chance to win the title necessarily, but I think they're probably like a five seed in the West if they have Chris Paul with the roster they have. Like the Thunder were a five seed this year with Chris Paul in the roster they had, so I don't know why the Suns wouldn't be better. The West will be better next year, but I think that would be a, a really, really interesting and probably very, very good team that would maybe challenge a little bit and kind of have more balance than a lot of the teams kind of at the top in the Lakers and the Clippers. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, make it happen. Also, it, it would it would be behoove Toronto Raptors fans if that happened because that would take the Phoenix Suns out of the Fred Van Vliet sweepstakes. We should close off here, Katie, and the headlines talking about Fred. Uh, he was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, Old Man in the Three, yesterday, talking about his free agency and caused a stir for some reason, saying that he wanted to get paid a lot of money, which if you've ever listened to Fred Van Vliet talk even one time in your entire life, that should not come as a surprise to you. He literally has a money bag emoji in his personal brand logo. Uh, this is a man who wants to get paid what he's worth. He said as much. And that, for some reason, meant that he's gone from Toronto in the minds of some people. I, I don't know. This was weird, Katie. Um, how did you sort of take in the Fred Van Vliet quotes that were shared all over the timeline yesterday? Did you listen to the podcast? I can't imagine you did. But uh-uh. <laughs> did you uh, did you tune into old JJ, the the wonderful host that he is? And I've and, never listened yeah, to that listener. show. But I'm don't, thinking I should, maybe should. Well, I don't Worst know if that is bad because it seems like he <laughs> he like gets good stuff from his like interviewees. He does. He's like just odious enough. as a host. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. no, I didn't, no, I wasn't really around, like I've been kind of off the, the TL, uh, all week. So I've just saw like little pieces of this. Ooh, I mean, there's me always going to be, <laughs> there's always going to be like a furious uproar, um, with like any, it's like a very, like, how dare you kind of approach to like 
rumors around Raptors players. Um, cause like the same thing's happening with surge, like half the NBA is reported to be interested in him and like, yeah, they, they should be, but you also have to look at like the free agency lineup of this year. There's not that many people available. So of course they're going to factor pretty highly. Um, I mean, they're also very good and they've shown that they both are coming off like some of the best years in their careers. So it makes sense. I feel like it's something that you should be like flattered for as like a Raptors fan and just like, you know, have some confidence in yourself and your team that they'll be able to get the deals done and they'll resign these guys. I think like, I mean, Fred kind of gave it away when he was talking about like, if he took a, a new deal in Toronto, it would eclipse like Lowry basically's like um, dissension out of that leadership role and Fred could step into it. I know he wants that, but like, I think he was also saying like, you know, I'm not quite there yet. And I would love to grow into that under somebody like Kyle Lowry, who is also it right now is in like Vegas driving around in Lowry's new Ferrari with him. So like, yeah, <laughs> like as of last night, I feel like this guy, they're going to pay him, but he wants to stay. That was one of the last things I saw before going to bed last night. And I had dreams about Fred Van Vliet signing a contract with the Raptors last night. So I feel <laughs> so like there there's good go. vibes. Very there. prophetic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just like Raptors fans in particular are a special kind of damaged as a result of like free agents leaving in the past. We're just tense. We can just get tense. I would not say we're yeah. damaged. <laughs> I think I think the smarter ones get tense. I think there are some who uh, are, are I don't want to say they're not smart, but I do think they're a little bit more reactionary and fearful and, and skittish when there are rumors and free agency uncertainty kind of hanging over the team. Um, but also like you can't at once talk about how the Raptors are definitely signing Giannis next summer and then also be fearful of every report that comes out about Fred like that <laughs> you, like believe in yourself a little bit listen to Masai Ujiri believe in your city believe in yourself um, this has been Raptors corner here on uh, basketball we try to keep it uh, <laughs> away from our favorite team as much as we can but sometimes they're in the news um, they are also in the news Katie as it pertains to the return to play plans and uh, where they're actually going to play basketball. We're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into the COVID protocols that are starting to leak out as well from the NBA and a whole bunch more on the other side. Stick around. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, Katie, let's uh, dive into more headlines, frankly, from the last week in the NBA. Very, very busy time, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. We're just going to be rammed with stuff for the next few weeks, I'm sure. Uh, The NBA is slowly leaking out some of its COVID protocols, uh, especially as it pertains to apparently fans being in the building uh, through the, you know, the insiders that you love and or hate, whatever it might be, over the last few days. And uh, we should probably get into that. It's first of all, I'm curious how you're sort of reconciling the return to play, because I know we've talked about this a little bit, but I was so concerned and against the idea of them playing in the bubble. I thought it was going to be a terrible idea, obviously proven wrong. But I do think the concerns were valid and totally fair to have at the time. Um, And the NBA deserves a lot of credit for pulling it off without positive tests. It's now the point where eight months into the pandemic the pandemic is worse right now than it literally has ever been, like significantly so. It's bad everywhere in North America because, uh, you know, g- the government of both many provinces in Canada and America uh, are non-existent and stupid and negligent and should probably all be in jail. Um, but even with all of that swirling around and everything getting very, very concerning, I I feel less uneasy about the NBA returning to play potentially with fans than I did about them playing in a bubble? Does that make any sense? It's kind of how I feel, and I feel gross about it, but I can't really get as up in arms about the return as I did about the bubble because of a lot of things, but I I don't know. How are you kind of sitting with the idea of them coming back amidst everything going on? I mean, what you're experiencing is just like literally the psychological fallout of a pandemic, which everyone is right? Like we're not, no one cares anymore. (laughs) You can't have sustained panic in the same way, sustained anxiety. Like you just, people aren't set up to to have that. I mean, that's also, I would say why things are as bad as they are now, because people just kind of have given up on being afraid. Um, Or like, and then in that fear, like less cautious. So I think that all boils down to you not being up in arms about the return (laughs) in the same way. It's just like the general global sentiment right now. But uh, no, I still think it's super weird. But like it also speaks to a corporate mandate. Like they got to push ahead, right? Like they need to make money. Uh, I think it's like going to like it's going to affect things for the next few years um, in terms of everything like salary caps and like revenue models, blah, blah, blah. Like they they got to continue. I don't think it's right, but I think we also knew they were going to do this no matter what. I mean, the thing I'm still stuck on and like, I haven't seen any one, maybe people have asked and he just hasn't answered, but like, remember when silver was like, well, I can't really see us coming back um, until late January. And then he was like, that seems like an early prediction, you know, like we'll look at the numbers. And then all of a sudden it just became even before Christmas. (laughs) 
like yeah. with no explanation. It wasn't like things have changed. It's like things actually haven't changed. They've gotten worse, but you bumped everything up. So I'm just I like, I don't know the logic of that. I haven't seen like one brief explainer um, or someone asked like, hey, why'd you why'd you change this? Like, oh, it's because apparently there was five hundred million dollars at stake, and you have to save I mean, every yeah. million dollars. So that's probably why they can. changed it. But like, I just want to hear a succinct answer for it because it just seems like everyone accepted that this was the new timeline that we mm-hmm. were working with. So I don't know whether you agree with it or not. It's clearly happening. I'm still mm-hmm. also like, you're gonna have to allow for stoppages um, because, as Fred Van Vliet said on that podcast. He's talked about there being a lot of reckless, (laughs) he used a different word, but he said there were a lot of reckless players in the league. Uh, And he was also just like, I don't know how they're not going to get COVID. Like, it's everywhere. They're traveling, there's fans in the arenas. Like, this isn't a bubble. But I think like that, the last time these guys played was in a bubble. So there is still that, like, maybe like a scene of safety. They think like, oh, well, last time we did this, it was fine. But now it's like there's going to be stoppages. It's going to look a lot like the NFL or like the MLB did, I think, um, when you've got to like postpone games if you've got positive tests. I was feeling a little bit better about the NBA and their return to play uh, because it seemed as though, as we talked about last week, the, the early date of December seemed to signal that they were resigned to the fact that there were not going to be fans so what's the point in waiting if we end up getting to march and fans aren't able to be there anyway because things are still out of control and like so that seemed like what they were signaling but of course this week shams and Woj have reported that uh, fans are apparently going to be allowed in these buildings based on local health regulations and the thing about a lot of these american teams is they play in states where their governors do not give a fuck about the virus. And as a result, the owners of these teams are probably going to allow people in. The Lakers yesterday said that they're not going to allow fans until further notice, which is good. Glad to hear that. Hopefully more teams follow suit. But like the Florida teams, uh, which apparently might be the Raptors, (laughs) apparently Tampa is the leading uh, city in the clubhouse right now for that. We'll get to that in a sec. But the Florida teams, Texas teams like Oklahoma, a lot of these states, like the things are out of control and people don't seem to care. And the, the governors are not going to bring down these limitations to a point where, you know, these these arenas aren't allowed to have fans, it seems. And it does seem like the NBA owners, for the most part, are just going to say, all right, great. That means we can have people in the building. And I don't know if they're really prioritizing safety. In particular, the thing that gets me is the NBA has sent a memo uh, per Shams to all the teams regarding the protocols for eligible markets to host fans, requiring people within 30 feet of the court to register negative coronavirus tests two days prior to the game or rapid test on the day of the game, sources tell The Athletic. Um, and also that for those within 30 feet of the court, food and beverage are not allowed. And again, they have to wear masks. He also added that potentially they could have suites open those fans would not need to test negative before before a game, and they do not have the same food and beverage restrictions as those close to the court. This really doesn't sound like... This just seems like a way to get as many people into the building as possible without really giving a shit if the players are safe. I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's to be expected, I guess, because capitalism, but I the whole we're going to make plans for fans right now, it's not the way it's... These should not be the first regulations you're releasing, at the very least. Like, release all your other safety protocols first, and then squeak in the fans thing at the end once where it's a little more clear. But 
I don't think it's going to be clear as to anything like with the like it's so out of control right now you look at the map from yesterday like the the entirely red map of the states like that's what it is it's it's constantly getting worse it's not getting better anytime soon it's not getting better until january at the very least because there's no government right now to actually do anything about it and the fan thing being sort of like the top priority at least from the messaging of the league seems really misguided to me but maybe i'm just getting angry for no reason i don't know I'm no epidemiologist, but I do think that, like, given the history of what we heard from, like, these other pro leagues having positive cases, like, none of the athletes that tested positive, I don't believe it was in correlation with fans. I think they're naturally, like, far enough apart that also, like, why don't you just say no courtside seats? Why don't you just, like, not have that area at all available to fans? Put up some plexiglass, make it like a hockey arena if you really want to. But I think what you more have to look at is like players are susceptible to each other, to team staff, of which like they're all not existing in a bubble. They're living their day-to-day lives. Um, I also think they're probably susceptible when they're traveling to and from places. But then on the other hand of it, it's like when you allow this many fans into arena, even if it's less than your normal capacities, those fans are just susceptible to each other. So I don't think that there's going to be a lot of like cross-contamination, but that also doesn't really matter when, like, as you said, cases are running so rampant that it seems just like a super spreader opportunity for either the players and then separately anyone in attendance. Also, like the testing thing is very dumb because if you got to test two days prior to a game, it's just a literal snapshot of like, Everything up to that time you got tested, you could leave and an hour later get COVID. So I don't really understand. (laughs) Like tests are very, (laughs) the language of like tests. And I think this is just because this has become a very new thing for us uh, in this like situation. But the language of like tests as like a safety net is very interesting and very weird to me because it's just not true. Um, Like it proves something in the past. It doesn't really like keep you safe. It's not predictive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know, like this is obviously going to come down to owners. Um, They want to, I mean, whether it's because they want to support themselves or they're actually thinking and looking out for the people that work in the arenas, whatever, like you could argue that depending on the ownership group. Um, But like, that's a thing too. So like, I don't know, do the people that are working in these arenas really want to go to work? Uh, And like, you know, get, get infected. Like, yeah, everybody's wearing a mask, but it's like, just one giant enclosed space. Yeah, I, I misspoke when I said the thirty-foot rule uh, doesn't protect players. That, that like they're protecting players; they're not protecting the fans, as you said. Um, which is kind of what happened with the NBA bubble in, in Orlando. It was like, oh, the players are safe. What about the employees? Oh yeah, some test positive. It's fine. Blah 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 blah. Like they don't care about normies, <laughs> frankly, unless the normies are giving them money. And even then, they're caring only stops at the checkbook and not uh, in terms of you know, are they going to get sick and spread this to other people? Um, and so yeah, I just. <sighs> I'm grossed we'll out see. a little bit by that. I still think they'll do better than MLB and the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think these concerns are going to derail anything necessarily. I just hope they kind of get wise and realize uh, things are fucking terrible right now, and you should not be leaving it to the local governments to decide. It should be like the team and the league itself deciding and making the intelligent call. Because as it turns out, these governments and a lot of these states uh, don't give a shit about the people who live in them. They just they want to have the economy, quote unquote, be good. <laughs> and 
that's kind of the where their sort of caring stops. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on that. Um, we should get to the Raptors situation. Lots of cities being thrown around: Nashville, Newark, New Jersey, um, and now it sounds like Tampa Bay is apparently the leader in the clubhouse. Which uh, I don't know. Florida terrifies me. So, <laughs> but if if the Raptors players want to be there, then I guess let them do it. That Fred Van Vliet said that that was his preferred destination. Um, how are you feeling about this whole uh, traveling nomadic Raptors situation? Well, maybe they got really attached to Florida when they were there. Um, I don't know. The idea of like the state isn't thrilling to me, but mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm, I guess I'd be curious as to why, unless it's like some kind of friendship or relationship that someone on the team, like, you know, like in the front office has, um, as to why they'd be considering that there as like a front runner, where would they live? I don't know. Those are the things that I'm thinking more about. <laughs> I've been to Tampa. It's like, it's fine, but it's like not great. (laughs) (laughs) It's warm. And I guess they want to be around large alligators, uh, which is all the rage. It's close to an airport. So I guess they're thinking of that. Like maybe some of those other mid-market cities might have posed like travel restrictions for teams flying in and then flying out like directly. I don't know, man, like thinking about this shit is pretty boring, but I guess that's probably what yeah. they can cons- took into consideration. They can't, it's just like, it's impossible for them to play in Toronto. There's like no way they could have done it. Cause if the, if the government somehow decided to grant them an exception, I can't even get my head around like the, what that, what would go into that, you know, just like from like a paperwork perspective of like incoming teams, you know, um, and then leaving and coming back again. And you couldn't really do that because it's a pretty slippery slope. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is not like the most interesting conversation because it is also hypotheticals and it's up in the air. And yeah, it's, it's more cute than anything that they're trying to stay in Toronto and play. And if they are able to negotiate that, I mean, good on them, I guess, for their negotiating might, but also uh, that's not exactly where the priorities of the Canadian government should be in appeasing the Raptors after, uh, you know, kind of already setting a precedent with the Blue Jays earlier this year. Um, I just want them to be playing somewhere that well, they'll be happy, the players, more than anything else. I don't want a city that's like grossly using the pandemic as a means to throw out a test balloon for expansion. I think that's gross. So fuck you, Louisville and Kansas City. Um, <laughs> and I guess the travel in Tampa would be pretty fine if it's if it's east leaning. You know, you got the Florida teams, you got the Hawks, you got the Hornets, you got the eastern seaboard all right there. So maybe that's what the thinking is there. It's a little bit more central with the southern teams. So I don't know. It's all very uh, up in the air and not really worth speculating on until we have some hard truths but i feel bad for the raptors players who are just gonna have to not play at home this year which sucks for them so that's kind of my ultimate feeling on the situation katie i have lots of feelings on the next situation we're gonna get into in the next segment uh as, as you well know we're gonna do a mascot draft in honor of the nba draft which is boring it's full of people we haven't seen play basketball yet who haven't played basketball in over a year in some cases it's not boring been- i would say <laughs> But that's your opinion. Look, yeah. I, I love the draft. I love the draft. I love the drama of draft night. I don't know any of the people necessarily. And so uh, like speculating on names and stuff like that, I don't find to be terribly interesting. The drama of draft night rules. And my thinking is here, we're going to take the drama of the draft format and the intrigue of known quantities 
NBA mascots and combine them into one segment. And the segment we're trying out this week. On the other side, we are going to assemble starting fives made entirely of NBA mascots with very, very stupid rules. It's going to be fantastic. Coming up in just a second. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Katie. We have reached the segment we're trying out this week. And this week, it's a topic that I love, mascots, and a topic that I think everybody really enjoys, the NBA draft. Um, the intrigue, the speculation, the scuttlebutt, all that good stuff, the transactions that take place on draft night, um, the the oddly shaped hats that go on the, the players' heads, the suits, everything is the the pageantry is, is top notch. And we are going to apply that to our segment we're trying out this week. Um, Katie, thank you, first of all, for indulging me in this segment. Uh, I promise you it won't be as, uh, as difficult as last week's, which uh, nearly thank broke you. our brains working on the trade machine <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a draft in honor of the NBA draft, which is up on Wednesday. We'll be able to talk about it on Thursday, which is quite exciting. Can't wait for that. Um, but the, uh, the basic conceit of this, uh, this year's segment is, Katie, we're going to assemble starting fives of NBA mascots to play a basketball game against one another. So we have to think about positions, skill sets, uh, athleticism, all of this stuff. And we're going to go back and forth and draft our teams. We are also uh, going to have a few rules and uh, you know caveats that you have to account for when building your team. On our teams, we must have at least one humanoid mascot. So human or human adjacent. Uh, one animal-based mascot, that should be pretty easy. One extinct and, and or mythical creature mascot as well. And I was thinking, Katie, I might also throw in a fourth stipulation that you have to pick one mascot who does not wear pants, but that might be too restrictive. Do you, do you think that's too restrictive? You can do it if you want. Okay. Uh, no, There's I'm going to keep this open. Okay, I'll keep okay. it open. Let's just do, uh, we get two wild cards as well. So we need one humanoid, one animal, one extinct slash mythical creature, two wild card picks, and we have to build our drafts. We will have the people vote on who the best mascot starting five is after the fact. Katie, how should we decide? Should we do like ones and twos? I guess we can't. We're on audio medium. I'm going to flip something and we're going to decide that way. Sound good? Mm-hmm. 
All right, I have a post-it note uh, <laughs> or a post-it pad. On the front of the post-it pad is just me scribbling down. Uh, I guess I had this in front of me a couple weeks ago when we were doing the podcast because it just says men at work 7,000 times on this post-it note for some reason. That's uh, terrifying. We our, yeah, we were doing our Ben Simmons podcast. On the other side, it's just blank. Heads will be men at work. Tail will be blank. Tails will be blank. I'll call it. You call it in the air. It's up now. Call it. Men at work. Uh, it is the tail side, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. So I win. Trusted a, trusted a man. <laughs> All right. So I am going to go. I'm going to go second. I'll give you the first pick in the draft, Katie. I kind of want to see where your strategy is first here. So you go ahead. The first pick in the uh, basketball mascot draft goes to Katie Heindel. You are on the clock. Um, Who's the guy? Who's the guy um, in the suit? Guy in the suit. The blue guy in the suit. Oh, from from the Wizards. Yeah. G Man. Yeah, I'm picking G Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the reasoning behind your selection of G Man here, Katie? He's scary, man. Um, <laughs> and he's like really like slinky looking. Um, seems pretty fast. Um, he could really like slip around people. And freak them out. I like that. I should say, I didn't really lay this out beforehand, but I think uh, defunct mascots are totally allowed. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Mascots mm-hmm. no longer exist. Can be brought back for this exercise. But G-Man, the first pick in the draft. Uh, all right. I don't think I was going to go there, but G-Man's off the board. What position is G-Man playing for you? Ooh. Probably like a slippery wing. Um, <laughs> Why are you describing him as slippery? It's really, really gross in my he head is. thinking about him being He's really slick s- to the touch. Slippery. He's slippery. <laughs> oh, just covered in magic gloop. Uh, I He's just it. a bodysuit. Uh, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, but why do you like? The saying he's slippery makes it sound as though he's like a like a snail, like he's got like a mucus, uh, like sort of encoding him. I mean, you would have a hard time holding on to him yeah. in that suit. <laughs> you would. Sure. <laughs> what? All right, I'll. I'll I, I just he doesn't. It's not the adjective I would use to describe him, but that's fine. Uh, I, I appreciate where you're coming from, and. If the slickness is what put him ahead on your board to go to number one, then who am I mm-hmm. to judge? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. My first pick. I'm really concerned you're going to take this person off of uh, my board just out of spite. So I'm going to take King Cake Baby. Um, I would never uh, actually even out yeah, of spite. I wasn't sure about this. I thought uh, <laughs> I could leave it to the end because you were not going to touch King Cake Baby with a 10-foot pole. But also I was pretty concerned that you might try to uh, ruin my entire uh, my entire big board by, by taking him. So yeah, I'm taking King Cake Baby. Plain center, just terrifying people at the rim. Doesn't even need to jump or block a shot. Just staring into the souls of any foolish player trying to dunk on his head and... Uh, yeah, I'm taking King Cake Baby. He's the best. What position? Did you he's, say he's my center? He's he's okay. my starting center. Yeah. Uh, well, I got bad news for your starting center, who's gonna literally cry with my <laughs> next draft at center, which is Squatch. Oh damn it! Ah, I wanted Squatch so I should have taken Squatch. No man, Squatch is mine. <laughs> 
<sighs> so I guess Squatch is yeah. my extinct slash mythical creature, depending yeah, on yeah. whether you believe in crypt- crypt- cryptids, which I do. I do too. I, I, I'm with you. Um, damn it. I thought Squatch I was going to get because you were not going to go back that far in uh, in in the lore, but Mm-mm. I underestimated you. Never should have done that, Katie. I'm a fool. An absolute fool. All right. So I got to I gotta keep track here. G-Man. Okay. So G-Man is my shooting guard, I guess. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the clock with my next pick. Um, damn it. Squatch was going to be my next pick. So this I, I'm kind of reeling here for a second. Um, I still need an animal. I still need an extinct and or mythical creature. I have a couple of... Uh, recounting King Cake Baby is my humanoid, correct? That that's fine. I don't know that he is, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, he's based on a human. Uh, <laughs> I think with my next pick, I'm trying to decide like lineup construction here. Should I be going big? Should I be going athletic? It's pretty difficult, but I think I'm going to take. I'm taking Chuck the Condor, power forward Chuck the Condor. Oh, that's going disgusting. Big. The front court of Chuck. Chuck is uh, not big. Chuck, and KCB. Chuck is he a is? teenager. What? That's his whole thing. He's like a, a rude teen. That's the entire <laughs> premise of Chuck the Condor. There's no way. Chuck the Condor backstory. We're looking this up. Chuck's a teenager. At games, he just like goes around and like gives people the finger and like rides on a hover tracks and like pretends to be bored. <laughs> That's his whole shtick. You know what? Even if that's the case, then I, I'm fine with that. Chuck's got some athleticism. He's on roller skates quite often. He could fly a little bit. He's probably got good, uh, good vertical leap as a as a bird. I'm I'm fine with my pick here. And we also get Steve Ballmer at our games, which uh, is good for entertainment at least, even if he's gross. It's, it's distracting. You've got mm-hmm, a distracting maybe. bratty team <laughs> so far. He's got these big mitts, like he could. Like as a as a help side defender coming across as a four, just soaring in from the weak side. To me, that that's a player you want on your team. So yeah, Chuck the Condor is my power forward. I'm going big up front with KCB and Chuck, and I don't know how you're really going to match up with it. I know Squatch is there, but KCB is going to terrify Squatch. Hmm. Your third pick. Okay. Yeah, my third pick um is Crunch, and oh, okay. I'm trying to decide. I think I'm going to put Crunch um, at the three. Okay. Okay. Of course, the NBA sexiest mascot. Yeah. Seems like pretty athletic. Um, You know, like good. I feel like he'd have good ball handling skills because he's not like, you know, some of these mascots are very pear shaped. (laughs) Crunch is not. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not like his own bell-shaped body is going to get in the way of like a between-the-leg <laughs> dribble, um, <laughs> you know, or dunk potentially. Good passing, I think. So, yeah, I'm going crunch with my third pick. That's a good pick. Uh, I was thinking about crunch. He, The athleticism that crunch provides is, uh, I think, a very important uh, element. So can't really argue with you there. With my third pick, I think I need to get some ball handling. I need to get someone a little bit smaller, a little bit more athletic, someone who could be a floor general, and someone who I'm afraid you're going to take. 
I got to take the Raptor. It's the Homer pick, but I'm taking the Raptor as my point guard. I don't know that I was going to take him. No? I'm really he's misreading your draft the, strategy he's here. He's getting on in the years, you know? Yeah, you need that. He's the Chris Paul of my team. The Kyle Lowry, the sage, wise veteran who is not mm-hmm. afraid to defer at this point. You know, he's got experience deferring to stripes and uh, various other iterations of the Raptor. He's got, you know, the, the little ballers and stuff like that. He's got a lot of help with the Raptors now that he's kind of lost a step. But still, that's a guy you want in your uh, in, in your crunch time five, just kind of directing traffic. So, yeah, I'm going is, with the Raptor. Uh, I feel pretty good is about he it. your point guard? Yeah, yeah. Raptor's my point guard. Okay, okay. A high-flying dunking point guard. Maybe like a Russell Westbrook, although perhaps a little bit more of a facilitator and a little bit more efficient, I would argue. Hitting half-court shots okay. behind his head? I mean, that's... What is the size of the court in this game? Do we have to increase the size? Are there, are there trampolines involved in this game? I haven't really thought of the construction of this mascot game yet. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same court. <laughs> yeah, There's no four-point the shot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's kind of funnier, actually. It's uh, pretty good. All right, your fourth pick, Katie. You're on the clock. You still need a point guard and a power forward. Yeah, I think I need some psycho energy. Um, like, I feel like I have a pretty tough team, but mm-hmm. I do. I think I need some, like, real unpredictability. Um, so I'm going to pick uh, the Coyote as my power forward. <laughs> Just some real freak energy out there. Yeah. I like it. Do you think the Coyote is, like, a risk of potentially kind of derailing things because he's strung out on peyote no i think like you've got enough like strong i mean between like squatch and crunch i feel like they can Mm -hmm. kind of funnel that psychotic energy to where they need it to go yeah crunch to me in addition to being the sexiest mascot feels like the most straight edge (laughs) mascot like no drugs potentially and probably balances out the coyote and actually the juxtaposition of the two of them next to one another feels pretty daunting if uh if you're an opponent so i like it i like it so i'm currently just perusing old mascots i'm not this is not my pick i should say i'm not gonna have two clippers mascots because that seems like a way to curse yourself but uh sam dunk have you ever seen sam dunk before the former yeah. clippers mascot i like what sam a dunk. freaky ass mascot maybe the I coach mind like, him. He, he looks more like a coach than uh than a spry young basketball player but it's I, I'm very thrown. I mean, I guess I'm a King Cake baby fan, so I can't really get thrown off by the large human head uh, mask, but I am a little bit. So I'm not taking them. Uh, my fourth pick. I still need a two guard and a and a three. So I need my wings still. Um, and like I want to go athletic, but also I think like overwhelming with size is not the worst idea here and kind of go big. <sighs> I can't go with like rumble rumbles too cumbersome. So is Grizz. I have all of my things hit. I have the raptor. I have a, I have a mythical. I have an animal and I have a human. So I'm kind of in my wild cards now. I'm going to take Benny the Bull. Benny the Bull is my two guard. I think uh, it's a classic. Can't really go wrong. Are you? Were you going to take Benny the Bull, Katie? Did I ruin your, your last pick? No, you cannot ruin anything for me. Oh, well, damn. I'm not doing a good job of uh, snaking your board. I'm a good GM, man. I got backups. <laughs> I don't sweat. Fair enough. Um, 
Yeah, I think, uh, look, Benny's experienced that backcourt of Benny the Bull and the Raptor. I mean, you're not finding a more sage set of guards really anywhere in the league. I, I think, you know, maybe they don't have the same spunk and sprightliness that they used to, although young Benny is uh, still pretty, pretty lively. And I just think the experience there you really need, especially with the wild cards that you have in Chuck and King Cake Baby in the front. Apparently, two children uh, <laughs> front court. Literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking off air before uh, with producer Dylan, and my theory is that uh, King Cake Baby is actually like a thousand years old, and just sort of like awoke uh, recently when the Pelicans, you know, brought him in. But like he's been around, he's seen some shit. Like he a demon. Really, like his, yeah, yeah. Like he was a normal sized baby at one point. And his body grew, his features did not, and that is why he he's a freak now. But he's he's seen stuff. He's seen empires fall. He's seen, you know, the crusades. He's 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 been through it all. King cake baby. <laughs> Who's your final pick? Um, I'm gonna go Bango as my point guard. Okay, why Bango is your point guard? Are you worried about the the Eric Bledsoe energy that Bango might have uh, just sort of absorbed by being around Eric Bledsoe too much? No. Bango's riding around on a motorcycle 99% of the time. (laughs) To the games, sometimes in game, away from the games. Bango's very like, I feel like he's got the right type of lone wolf. I guess it's a deer, but you know, like a lone wolf energy. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Enough of a separation that I do think a good point guard kind of needs, but also able to like rally a team, um, give them some direction. I feel like it doesn't hurt. He could like spike the ball onto his horns if he really needs to. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, I, you know, I would have loved to take someone like Stuff or even G Wiz, but their body types. <laughs> Yeah, not, not ideal to, to quickness. Yeah, though I would say Kyle Lowry a little bit bell shaped. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much as stuff. <laughs> Maybe more of a G whiz, you know. Like, and that's he's able to harness that. But there were other there were other ones on the table for me, you know. Like, um, well, don't say any because I still have to pick. We could I'm just saying there are some that are like, but they seem a little like Blaze or something, just a little too mm-hmm. try hard for me, you know, more of like a young, yeah, yeah. like something to prove energy. So I'm looking for, I'm not really looking for that. I'm looking for like a tough sort of like veteran mentality. There is that sort of tier of mascot where there are a lot of kind of similar body types, like the ones who you would think would be quite athletic, like a Blaze, like a Hooper, like a, a Boomer. Like a like a Rocky, even or a Moon Dog, perhaps, but they they kind of lack something. Like it's like a like a Gerald Green type, where it's like yes, the athleticism is there, but what else are they really offering other than cool dunks? Like, is there mm-hmm. any substance to the game? Whereas, yeah, someone like a, like a Bango probably has a little bit more sort of uh, understanding basketball IQ, perhaps, um, not just kind of throwing the body around out there. I'm on to my final pick, Katie, and I'm stuck between two. I'm not really sure where to go. I have taken the athleticism question into account here, and I think I've whittled it down to two pretty good options. One, both actually defunct in a way. One still kind of exists, but not in the same iteration. I'm down to P. 
Pierre the Pelican OG before uh, the facial reconstruction surgery when he was terrifying. I think just like a demonic small forward, you could do a lot worse. Kind of like a Tony Allen, just like staring you down, frothing at the mouth, and uh, and just sort of like locking you up. I feel like could uh, that could be Pierre the Pelican, uh, the first original one. And I also have like an old school mascot that I think would be kind of interesting. And I think I'm actually going to go with this. I'm going with the Weedle. The former sort of amorphous blob plush mascot of the Supersonics from like the 70s. I've dropped uh, into the chat a picture of the Weedle for everybody to see. What position <laughs> is this thing? Uh, the small forward. A big small forward. Like a 6'9 small forward. The photo of the Weedle with the Sonics, including Bill Walton, holding, I believe, a Diet Pepsi. Is, is uh, it asleep? To me... What? It always looks like it's sleeping. No, no. I think is it supposed to be like it? I think it's from like a book, like a Seattle-based like children's story. Okay. It just looks menacing. It's it looks like it's a part of a, of a team in this photo next to uh, a trio of Sonics. He it just looks like it belongs, and it's not too big. It looks like it's coming in at about six foot six or so. It's much shorter than Bill Walton, who's like seven foot two. So I think it fits positionally, and it's uh, sort of a smothering presence on the wing. So I'm going with the Weedle. Okay. Yeah. We both took Seattle mascots. Look, I wanted Squatch over the Weedle, but I also am okay to settle for the Weedle. I just wanted someone from Seattle, because they've had good mascots. <laughs> they should come back. <laughs> well, Katie, to recap, your team is at, at, uh, at point guard, your fifth pick, Bango the Buck. At shooting guard, your first pick, G-Man. At small forward, your third pick, Crunch. Power forward is your fourth pick, the Coyote. And your center is Squatch, your second pick. For me, my point guard was my third pick, the Raptor. Shooting guard is Benny the Bull, my fourth pick. My fifth pick was the Weedle, who's going to play small forward. Chuck the Condor was my second pick and is playing power forward. And my number one pick, the steal of the draft, frankly, the best player on the board, King Cake Baby, playing center and just marauding back there winning defensive player of the year we will put our teams together and uh online and have people vote on which team is better i think that that'll be a thing right katie sure dude yeah all right this was a fun exercise i'm glad we did it and we'll we'll do more mascot related things in the future i'm sure as well because why not uh <laughs> should we Move on, Katie, and wrap this up with our posters yeah, of the week. Yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay, so our posters of the week. This is a segment we do every week to close things out where we talk about our favorite online posts from NBA players, NBA-adjacent people over the course of the last week. I'll start. My poster of the week is Terrence Ross, who posted a wildly impressive and very dangerous video uh, as an Instagram story of him jumping in socks onto his counter with just one step of lead up and landing it perfectly, not slipping off the counter and smacking his head off of anything, not smacking his head off the chandelier or the pot rack or anything like that above the counter. Just a well-executed, unbelievable display of athleticism from Terrence Ross inside his house. It was followed up by his son doing the same, jumping onto the couch, and it was truly adorable. Not the same athletic form as Terrence, but it's go- it's getting there for for young Ross and uh, young young Ross Jr. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, I am uh, 
very excited to have Terrence Ross as my poster of the week this week. Did you see this video, Katie? It's fucking wild. No, I didn't see it. Oh, it's it's crazy. It's gone now from his Instagram story, but it's uh, worth scoping out if you have uh, somewhere. I don't know. It's very, very good. It's wild. Anyway, who's your poster of the week? Mine's Serge Ibaka, who just posted um, a package of these, like, Scottish shortbread cookies and, like, had a right over, like, my she- my shame or something with the emoji with the, like, little sweat on its forehead and <laughs> it's smiling. I just like that. Uh, I just like the picture of him eating those and then, like, smiling to himself and deciding he wanted to share that. <laughs> Share that guilty little moment. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Serge Ibaka just having himself uh, a, an off season here. Don't know what's going to happen. I know he was in Miami for a bit. He got sick of the Miami rain. I saw him post about that this week. He's he's all over the place, dancing in luxurious shirts. I really want him back, Katie. I want him back on the Raptors <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Uh, also. Terrence Ross, Serge Ibaka traded for one another in our two posters of the week this week. Isn't that poetic? Fun. <laughs> um, anyway, Katie, that's come, we've come to the end of the show today. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Katie, anything that you have to plug? Something big coming tomorrow, folks. Yeah. But I'm not going to give it away yet. <laughs> uh, I think I know what it is. People should uh, read it. It's going to be great. And uh, I'm, I can't wait for it. Uh, Katie, you're... You plug all your other stuff. Basketball feelings still going strong. It's amazing. Up rocks, dishes and dimes. Yeah, take it over the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean's got it. Um, believe in your Sean's, city. Believe in yourself, Katie. Sean's got it. It's <laughs> like people know this stuff's out there. So yeah, you know, but it can't hurt to. Learn a bit. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you of course can listen to me on Lockdown Raptors. That's about all I'm doing these days. Some blogs here and there, but not a ton. Um and uh, Lockdown Raptors, we're getting ready for the off season. Although I did re-air an episode this week, a pair of episodes this week from Katie and I from back in May, where we talked about defunct or uh, not defunct, but names of the Raptors did not choose when they were naming their team back in the nineties. So really fun couple episodes. Go check those out if you've not heard them before. Listen to the podcast. We got Fred Van Vliet content pretty much every day because it's the only thing anyone wants to talk about right now. So go listen to that. Uh, and uh, you can also find us on Twitter at uh, Basketball with two H's. Please be like my dad and also subscribe to our Patreon page. Four bucks a month gets you in there. Uh, you get access to our mailbag episodes once we get there. There's our Discord chat, lots of other fun perks uh, like trivia nights and things like that that you are uh, entitled to as well when we uh, when you become part of our Patreon family. So thank you in advance for doing that. Just four bucks a month if you have the means. It would be very, very much appreciated if you were in the crew on Patreon. Uh, that'll do it. A huge thank you as always to our wonderful crew at Space Monkey Media from Jess, our social coordinator, content producer extraordinaire, uh, Sean, Clay, Michelle, Nick, and of course producer Dylan who makes us sound so, so good every single week and listens to us drone on about mascots every single week as well <laughs> like a true hero. Uh, big thank you to Dylan, of course. Listen to the other Stringer podcast, Sportsfell, Columbia House Party, the like and uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again next week with a post-draft edition of uh basketball
man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.